Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you know what time it is. Time to hang here with Mr. Cooper. With Mr. Cooper. With Mr. Cooper. With Mr. Cooper. From Mr. Cooper. From Mr. Cooper. From Mr. Cooper. Hang with Mr. Cooper. With Mr. Cooper. With Mr. Cooper. With Mr. Cooper. From Mr. Cooper. From Mr. Cooper. Welcome to the Bit Scoop with Coop. I'm your host, Coop. And today, guys, is season two, the finale of season two of my show right here. Um, season three will be starting in March. But, guys, how I'm actually doing this show today, we're actually ending it with a bang, guys. This guy that I have on the show today, he's actually done big things. I mean, from music, television, movies, we're going to talk about all of that. Guys, you all seen him in Big name titles, and I mean, he's actually great at what he does. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Sam Quinn. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Coop. Hey, all right. How you been doing today? Great, man. Just uh, enjoying the warm Los Angeles weather right now. Oh, man, lucky you. I'm in North Carolina. We just had some crazy weather from snow to ice, hurricanes, tornadoes actually been through all in one month, guys. So, um, I, feel, Sam, I feel you, man. Yeah, lucky you're in California. Stay in the warm weather. But Just Sam, for another day, then I go back to New Mexico. It's kind of chilly there right now. So I, I'll be in your shoes in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that one. Now, um, Sam, on this show, just to let you know, we always talk about how you started in your career, your success, give advice on actually how to get started in your career and way more. So, Sam, we're going to start from the beginning on this thing. So when did you realize that you was actually interested in acting? Uh, I think there were a few defining times in my life where I, I took interest. I uh, The first was probably a, a circus camp that I was involved with. Uh, just by chance as a kid, I was about 10 years old, and my, my mom was an art teacher, and she was working at this uh, performing arts circus camp one summer, and she, one of the perks for her was that she got uh, an extra sort of pass for me to to attend. And it was a, I want to say it was two or three week long camp where I learned how to juggle and um, uh, unicycle and walk on stilts and do a lot of those kind of circus arts. And so that was kind of the first time when it even struck me that people do that kind of thing for a living. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I thought, hey, what, what better way to, you know, at least try to make a living than to kind of, <laughs> you know, go run off to, to circus camp. So that was wow. kind of what put the, the idea in my brain. And then a few years later, she had enrolled me in a, my mom had enrolled me in a theater camp after school to kind of reach out. I was going to kind of a tough, uh, a tougher middle school and um, just was sort of unhappy with it. And so she, she reached out and enrolled me in these classes and I took a liking to it and sort of fell for it. And then that led to me going to a performing arts high school uh, that I, you know, it was like sort of like uh, that movie Fame or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
where, mm-hmm. you know, you audition to get in, and then it's <laughs> a lot of song and dance there. But there were, you know, music majors, dancers, theater majors, visual art majors, and just a big old, a big old melting pot of, of young artists. And so that's when I really kind of decided, I think I'm going to pursue this as a career. Wow. Now, when you was actually younger, when you was actually, you know, juggling and everything, to this day, do you feel like you still can do it? If you have something in your hand right juggle. now. I can juggle to this day. Um, I <laughs> I can probably walk on stilts. I haven't walked on stilts since uh, high school, but I was able to pick that up again. It's, you know, the biggest thing with stilts is that when I did it when I was 10, I was considerably shorter, <laughs> and it's much easier to walk on stilts. I found when you're when you're you know five foot nine as opposed to six foot one, <laughs> so and true. it's less terrifying also because you're just further away from the get- ground now. So I haven't done it in a while, but I, I did do it in high school or in college rather, and um, I could still pick that up. Unicycling I haven't done in a while. I tried recently, and I really bit the dust. Ooh. So I, I think that I would need a good day with a unicycle, and, and then I think I could be back on it. Um, you'd think that it would be like riding a bike. You'd That's just pick thought. it up again, but with different if it's a bike with one with one wheel, I guess. <laughs> wow. I've never tried unicycling. I always wondered how did it actually worked. I was thinking it was like riding a bike, but how you're saying you have a dentist's college, and um, you recently, well, you tried it lately, and it didn't work too well for you. I see you have to have a true skill and I guess you have to keep practicing yeah. on it. Yeah. Well, it's just cause it's like uh, the balance game. You know, there is, I, I recently tried one of those uh, hoverboard things, the two wheel self balancing yeah. board that everyone's riding on. And, um, you know, it took me a little while, like an hour or so to kind of get it down, but it's really just about finding the balance. So you don't, so you don't eat it. Um, and I think, uh, Unicycling is probably this, pretty similar to that. You just kind of have to figure out the balancing game. I think I could do it though. If you gave me, if you gave me a unicycle and an hour, <laughs> I think I could pick it up again. Wow! All right. If you ever do it, I want you to videotape it because I want to see it. <laughs> I definitely do. I will. I will. All right. <laughs> now let's fast forward in your career a little bit. Now you know you did all of that. You actually went through a performing arts school and. We see that you made it in because big things have happened for you. Now, in the movie industry, who did you actually look up to, or who helped motivate you, motivate you in your movie career? Uh, well, so I, I only got into film and TV acting a few years ago. So Mm -hmm. I've been mainly doing stage theater. Uh, I moved to Chicago for a while and did stage theater. I didn't really have a whole lot of um, I guess, you know, it wasn't say desire, but I didn't necessarily wasn't uh, following the dream of being like a movie star or anything like that. Um, right. I had heroes. I had my favorite actors, but I did have a mentor in Chicago that he's a, a veteran actor who's been in just, he's one of those guys that you just see, you know, recognize his face. He's been in everything. You might okay. not know his name, but his name is Chelsea Ross. And um, he was an actor that I looked up to as a kid because I loved the movie Major League. And he was in Major oh, League yeah. One and Major League Two. And he was kind of the the 
hillbilly hick pitcher that spits on the ball, you know, before he pitches. I remember um, him. Yeah, yeah. So that's Chelsea Ross, right? So, and he he was a friend of my mom's friend, and I we ended up meeting together a few times in Chicago, and he just gave me a lot of great advice, very practical advice for a working actor, you know, because he's, he's, you wouldn't call him like a, a superstar. He's not Johnny Depp. But he right. makes a living. He makes a good living, and he was been working consistently for the last 40 years as an actor. Um, mm-hmm. And so I looked up to him a lot. I listened to his advice. He he sort of was an inspiration. You know, he just kind of told me to keep on keep on trucking. You know, and hey, uh, that's good. It's a very sort of real. Um, influential person for me you know not 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 like a big movie star but right yeah does that answer the question kind of yeah it does i mean that's and that's actually good you don't have to have a major you don't have to have a major movie star to actually motivate you because Mm -hmm. i mean you have somebody that's actually been in the game before and they're actually doing their thing and and they're actually giving you advice on that's a great thing i mean it's someone actually helping you out so that's you can't complain about that. You know what? You're breaking up just a little bit here. Let's see. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, can you hear there me you now? Go. Now you're back. Okay, I heard the um, ambulance in the background, the police car. So, yeah. Yeah, um, sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're all right. That's cool. Um, but what I was saying was you don't have to have a major movie star to actually to mm. look up to. Someone has actually been in the game, been in the business, done something. They can give you just as great as advice. As someone yeah, absolutely. Had, had a big name. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's cool right there. You got somebody to actually help you out to get where you're at. So, But, Sam, here's one thing I want to know also. We we know Now, mm-hmm. you said that you actually started with, you know, stage play. And then, you know, you went mm-hmm. to, the, to the film. So is there a big difference acting-wise comp- um, compared to stage play to actually being on film? Is there a big difference? I I have found that there is a huge difference. Um, that the core of it, I guess, it's the same. You know, you're still it's the craft of acting and becoming another character, person. You know, bringing dialogue to life, all of that. But uh, on a technical level, it is a totally different ball game and one that I was not that familiar with until I was thrown right into it. The biggest differences are. In a, you know, in a play, you have a through line, you know, the beginning of the story all the way to the end, and you are acting out the character's story from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Seems uh, way easier, you know. It's like the easier thing to do is you know what happens if if uh, something happens to the character, and then you see the result of that, and you feel those emotions of the what's just happened. It just seems like an easier way to do it, and I think I think it is and it isn't in some ways because you have to know that script back and forth you can't you you can have no question about what's going going to happen next you need to know you need to know your lines you need to know your partner's lines as well pretty That's much true. so that you can you know uh respond at the right time and so forth and with film oh and also on stage generally you know there are storefront theaters i i the sort of smaller theaters that I uh, performed a lot in in Chicago where it's a more intimate audience. But a lot of 
the time. You're just on these huge stages with a huge audience. You have to project more than you need to. You have to be louder. Your expressions need to be larger than they might normally be in. And, in, in, you know, if you're in a living room, you might, you really have to, the audience has to hear you, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So, but then on film, it's just on, on a much, 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 much smaller level because you're, there's a camera right in your face. They're seeing every tiny little move. So all of the acting has to be much more subtle. Uh, which is fun. And I think it's great. It's, you sort of can do some really nuanced stuff, a little bit more natural even, I think, um, in, in film. And the other strange thing about film is rarely ever, will you, you know, you will rarely ever film a, from start to finish as far as scene-wise goes in succession. You'll always right. be jumping around. So you, so you may have, the first thing you could be, if you're filming a story about a, you know, a man who is out on the sea and, you know, gets attacked by a shark, the first thing that you could be filming is that you about getting attacked by a shark, that high-stakes scene, and you have no idea. You do, you know what happened before because you've read the script, but you haven't Mm -hmm. acted any of that yet. So you kind of have to really do all that pre-research to figure out where that character is at that point and make sure that it still builds throughout the story so that it's uh, so that the continuity of the character and the character arc is still there. So it's really a challenge um, to do that, to jump around sometimes. But the nice thing is that because you're taking it scene by scene, and you're, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll say do a, at the most, a 30 maybe minute long, two minute long scene, and then you get to stop. So you have more time to kind of focus on that one scene and then move on, and if you need to, memorize the next scene, or, you know, there's just more stop and go, so it's just a different process, but at the core of it, I guess it's the same, you know, it's becoming another character, it's, you know, finding all those connections there, but yeah, it's it's pretty weird, I guess a lot of people don't realize that, but it is pretty strange how different it is. And and I've I've actually done both also, and, and I know exactly, I can relate to what you're saying, um, I've done stage plays before and I've been in um, two shorts or two movies getting ready for the third, but I know mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying because when you're playing that character and you're on stage, you, you're right. You, you're playing that character from beginning, middle, end, and mm-hmm. you're, whoever you're working with, you're right. You're interacting with the person and you're actually live. You're doing it right then and there. And like you said, on film, everyone the the camera's catching everything you do. So, mm-hmm. um, one scene it could take forever to shoot that bad boy, but compared yeah. to that on stage, when lights, camera, action, when it's time to go, you got your lines. You know what you're supposed to do, and you know it goes smoothly up there. And I've personally seen you, Sam. I've seen what you've done. Um. We will talk about those movies in a second and everything. We will talk about all of that in a second. Um, mm-hmm. From Transcendence all the way down, I mean, that's, you, you're you good. You're really good at what you do, and I want to commend you on that, Sal. I definitely got to commend Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Now, here's a hypothetical question. Let's say Hollywood called you up right now, and they said, Sam, I don't care what it is, television or movie, I want you to actually choose what type that you want to do right now, like horror, comedy, action, suspense, drama, what would you choose? Mm-hmm. What would be your favorite 
I guess you could say, genre of a movie or a TV show. Right. Well, I think I would, I would probably actually. The TV is so good right now, right? So there's so much good TV out there. Um, I think I would actually go for a some drama series, maybe a drama thriller in okay. TV. Because TV, I really like TV because you have more than just two hours to develop a character and to really explore that character and make it a three-dimensional human that people can really relate to and you can see the foibles. Sometimes that's hard in, in film to mm-hmm. fully explore that. So I think I would do, uh, yeah, I think I would do a, like a dramatic thriller type uh, in in TV so I could really dig my teeth into the character. Nice. And I believe people that's actually been on stage, they can relate more to that because, mm-hmm. you know, with drama, you have to put that extra oomph into it sometime and to get into your part. So I think yeah. I can see you doing that, Sam. I really could. You would be perfect yeah, for well, that. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully I'll get that shot. Yes, Hollywood, if you're listening right now, hey, Sam Quinn, he already said what he's going to do. I mean, hey, give it to him. I'd love to see it. I believe the world would love to see it. Please give it to him. Let him do it. Now, Sam, talking about television and talking about movies and, you know, good things on television, um, do you feel that the movie and the television industry have changed drastically within the last 20 years? You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and uh, it's—I'm definitely not an expert on the on the topic because, I, like I said, I've only really been in the film and TV industry for the last three years um, mm-hmm. or so. But from my perspective, I see it in a couple of different angles. One, I think that. TV over the last 20 years. You said 20 years, right? Yes. So Mm -hmm. over the last 20 years, I think TV has really hit a golden age and is becoming far more respected of an art form, sort of medium, than uh, than film. Film is still great, but it's just really stepped up the notch uh, for TV, and I think largely a lot of that has to do with the amount of talent, the quality of the scripts, um, people using more writing rooms, teams of writers as opposed to just one or two. Um, another way that I think things have changed that I've noticed, so I, I work a lot out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, which has a pretty vibrant um, film market and TV market right now. Uh, and I've noticed that TV and film are shooting more and more and more on location as opposed to in Hollywood. Right. And it's very nomadic almost. It's like a um, traveling, you know, theater troupe from the the beginning of last century or something. That was common. And I feel like the same thing, and it's largely due to, you know, incentives, tax incentives for these production companies. They can shoot for cheaper out there. Um, but it's really great because it's giving an opportunity for those local actors to perform and not necessarily if they have a, a life, you know, if they have a family and they don't want to move to LA or New York, or wherever, uh, they can still be a part of Hollywood in a certain sense. That's also, true. it's uh, providing an opportunity for 
actors to move to one of those smaller markets and have access and hopefully kind of use it as a launching pad to get some some work under their their belt to get some set experience and to get you know their SAG card or whatever their goals may be. Right. Um, and I hope that it just continues because I think it's really great for the country. Uh, you know, it's been great for the Albuquerque economy and the New Mexico economy um, having all these this filming going on. So I think it's only a, a positive thing. You know, that Hollywood will always be the home, the birthplace and the home for it. But I don't know. It's exciting. Those are the main changes that I've I've noticed, you know, if that makes oh, sense. Did I cover some, oh, some area there? Hey, that was perfect because I was also thinking, I mean, you know, I'm not the biggest expert neither. And I was thinking back 20 years, even before, um, even beyond 20 years, like I remember like the Saturday morning sitcoms, like Saved by the Bell, California Dreams, um, you know, shows like that. And it's like those type of shows have disappeared and more reality mm-hmm. shows have came in. Um yeah. And also some a lot of action-packed shows that came in that I'm actually a big fan of, and you was actually in one of them that we're going to talk about in a minute also. And, you know, it's like those shows have came in, but I kind of miss some of the old-school shows, even though they still come on television if you catch them. But I can tell mm-hmm. also that it have changed also. Um, but I'm not saying it changed for the worse. It have changed. Some has changed for the good. And then there's some shows I'm just scratching my head at, like, did that really come out? But, you know, mm-hmm. it's really each his own. But, I mean, like, for example, I'm going to bring this up now. You was actually in a show, um, Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. And yes. that, I mean, that show actually has my attention. And I have to ask, how did it feel to actually be on that show? What, what, well, it was great, what, and that's a great example um, because, you know, everyone – I think hop, hopped on board with uh, with Better Call Saul because of uh, Breaking Bad, how 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 yep. great that show was, and that's like a prime example of uh, you know the quality of TV that's being made right now, and that that whole show, pretty much the entirety of it, was filmed in New Mexico, you know, actually wow. on location. Um, so it was it was awesome. I mean, I was actually you know I moved away from New Mexico for a while. Um, but I got into that show while I was in Chicago, and I was delighted to <laughs> that it was part of, uh, you know, now part of New Mexican culture, that everyone would associate Breaking Bad with, with Albuquerque. I didn't think it was a bad thing. Some people no. felt, felt differently. Um, you know, they felt like it showcased Albuquerque as, you know, this meth haven, but I don't think it did, personally. It's, that was just, like, one angle of, of the city. But... Mm. Um, so when I got the opportunity to do Better Call Saul, obviously I was super delighted because I was a huge fan of Breaking Bad, of Vince Gilligan, and uh, uh, a longtime fan of Bob Odenkirk um, from his work on um, Mr. Show. Yeah. Also a great HBO show that mm-hmm. ended too early. but So true. So it was, you know, it was great. I was only there for a day, but it was, I had a little, little interaction with, with Bob Odenkirk, which just made my day. <laughs> it would and, make my uh, 
you couldn't, you know, I couldn't ask for anything more. It's sort of like I kind of felt like I met one of my comedy heroes that day. So it was special for sure. Of course. Big shout out to everyone that's actually in Better Call Saul. If you've ever been on the show, if you're still on the show, and all the fans, I mean, make sure you, if you haven't seen this show, find it, watch it. This is something that you can actually get hooked up on by watching it. You can get addicted to it. This is a great show. Now, Sam, yeah, there's the, a the new season just uh, just started. That's right. When yeah. did it? Um, when did it actually start? It was, was like, it like a couple. The new season, the season two, just just started. I think uh, February fifteenth, I believe. That's right. That's More right. Better. Okay, everybody, season two, Better Call Saul. Make sure you go watch that show. Big shout out to everyone on that show. So make sure you watch it. Let me know what you think about it. Um, if you ever run into Sam, let him know what you think about it also. You know, he was on the show. He's part of history on that show. So great thing. Now, Sam, there's a movie that you're actually in that's coming out. Um, actually, about Liongate. And it's the new Western movie, um, Jane Got a Gun. Would you like to tell everybody that's listening right now about that movie? Sure, yeah. Uh, Jane Got a Gun is pretty straightforward uh, romance western. It has has action for people who like action. It has romance for people who like that. So it really covers um, a lot of bases through that. It's uh, the general story is Jane Hammond, played by Natalie Portman, is in dire straits. She's trying to protect her dying husband, who's just been shot up full of bullets, and her daughter from a gang of outlaws called the Bishop Boys who are coming after her husband and her house. So she needs to figure out a way how to protect them. And to do so, she seeks out the help of an old ex-lover um, that's played by Joel Edgerton. Um, and, and you know, things, it's old love is written you know, ignited, and they have to protect this house, and there's action. It's fun. I, I really enjoy the movie, and I think uh, other people will, too. That's, that's the basic gist. Okay. Okay. And how did you actually get turned on to Jane Got a Gun? Uh, it was just a normal, it was a normal audition situation. It was my first big feature, though, so that was exciting. Um, I auditioned for the original director, Lynn Ramsey. Um, uh-huh. And then I had a callback, had another callback, and got the part. And I was just, you know, as you can imagine, totally ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> my first big part. I knew that I was going to be working with, um, you know, Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor oh. and all these great actors. I was, you know, totally beside myself. And uh, the character that I am playing is, called Slow Jeremiah. He's part of the Bishop Boys gang, which is, like I said, led by Ewan McGregor. So he's kind of one of the, one of his lackeys, one of his henchmen, just generally bad, bad dude. He's pretty distinctive in the film. Um, If you don't know what I look like, you'll definitely know what he looks like because he has, uh, Slow Jeremiah has a big tattoo on half of his face. Mm -hmm. And just a, the grossest looking teeth <laughs> you could ever imagine. <laughs> um, apparently, funny story about that. I was recently talking to one of the producers, and they, what? Apparently, there was a a rumor going around 
on set while we were filming that that my dad was a, a dentist somehow because the, the the makeup artist made my teeth look so gnarly just gross like caked on and i loved oh my that gosh. I, I thought it was great but somehow a little legend uh came about that my dad was a dentist and i just wanted to put the record straight he is not a dentist <laughs> <laughs> Everybody that's listening live right now, you heard him. He is not a dentist. That was a rumor. I've actually heard about that, too, Sam. I wanted to ask you about that. I did, but I'm glad you threw that out there. <laughs> I've heard about that. Guys, it's not true. It's all rumor, okay? So make sure you guys watch Jane Got a Gun. That is a movie that's going to actually be worth watching. Like Sam said, it's it's the best of both worlds. You got your action, you got your drama, you got everything in there that's can actually make for a great movie. And so make sure you go see that, guys. And when you go see it, give a big shout-out to Sam. If you see Sam in Cali or you see him in New Mexico, make sure, guys, you stop him. Let him know what you thought about the movie because, trust me, it's going to be nothing but good things that can be said about this movie. Sam in it, Lionsgate doing this thing on it. So everybody, check out the movie, most definitely. Now, um, when you're not in front of a camera, what do you do in your spare time? Um, let's see. Besides auditioning, I <laughs> I play in two bands. I write the music and sing and play guitar for two bands that are based out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, one is sort of like a alternative rock band. The other one's a little bit on the funkier side, it's like a funk rock trio, pretty dancey music. Cool. Um, and those bands are, the alternative rock one is called, actually named after my character in Jane Got a Gun. It's called Slow Jeremiah. And Not the good. other band is called Virtual Friday. And both of those ones, you know, if anyone's interested, you can check them out on Facebook or um, Bandcamp. So I also um, I also perform weekly in a comedy troupe um, that does sketch comedy. We're right now working on an improv show that uh, people who like film and improv and comedy will like. It's with the, we're taking on the task of improvising a 40-minute um, movie plot, basically. So we get a genre from the audience and a title for the movie. And then we just go for it for about 40, 45 minutes and make a movie from it <laughs> and hope <laughs> that it's funny. <laughs> nice. Um, but those are, the, those are the big things. I, I write sometimes in my, you know, in, in my free time. Um, but those are the big ones. That's, that's cool. That's really cool. And that's what I want to talk about next was basically you and music. Because I knew already that you was doing music, um, and I knew you was actually doing stage and and doing movie. But on your music side, who who influenced you to start in your music career? And I'm calling it a career. No, my my friends head. did. It was not. It wasn't like a big. It's the same, sort of same thing with acting. It wasn't a you know one particular musician or anything like that. Or mm-hmm. my fam. My family are artists, but um, they're not on the music side of things. So at the performing arts high school that I went to, I had quite a few friends who were 
guitar players or bass players and it's one of those things where you know it's pretty classic someone says hey man you should learn how to play i had a guitar i didn't like your guitar and he's like you should learn how to play this guitar and we can start a band <laughs> and uh and it was enough because a lot of my friends were more serious into music than i was at that time so i kind of you know, I, I was behind them. I needed to catch up. So, But that's really kind of when I got interest, sort of, oh, yeah, this would be a fun thing to do, play at parties and, you know, whatever, a fun thing to do on the weekends. Nice. And so I, you know, that's that's pretty much how it all started. There's one friend in particular, his name's Cole, Cole B. Wilson, who's an amazing songwriter, um, and he's lives in between Austin, Texas, and Santa Fe, New Mexico. And he's probably the first one that really got me off my butt and said, you know, learn how to play this guitar, and then we've, we have been in several bands together. That's probably the biggest one, one of my buddies. That's cool. What type of guitar was it? Was it like a bass or electric? or uh, That guitar, so my, my mom actually got me this. I, I did take a few lessons before high school, and I bought the guitar of my guitar teacher. He he gave us a deal, and it was this uh, this Dan Electro electric guitar with uh-huh. turquoise sparkles. It was crazy. It was like the color turquoise, <laughs> very. It looked and with and then like a sparkle sheen. So it looked very Buddy Holly kind of nineteen fifties era. Okay. Um, and I loved it for a while. I don't have that one anymore. I eventually sold it. But oh. um, I know, I know. I had to, I it was it grieved a little bit. But there was another instrument or another thing that I wanted musically. And I told myself, you're not using this to sell it. And I bought the amp that I wanted. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, there's, yeah. there's retribution right there. I mean, even trade. Do you miss that guitar? Mm-hmm. You know, I miss it for the sentimental value. It had some issues that I just never got around to working on and sorting out. So, I, I you know, it's mainly just the sentimental value. Got you, got you. Now, as far as it goes for music, I understand, you know, you're you're playing rock. You got the the one with the actually funk mixed into it. What What is your favorite genre of music out of all types of music? Man, that's such a hard question because I love everything. Yep. But at the end of the day, it's all, it's, you know, rock and roll. It's okay. love, like, really raw rock, you know, heavy stuff. It makes your bones shake a little bit, but also is, has a little blues influence so you can maybe even dance to it, you know. Nice. That's nice. the stuff that I feel like drives me. Okay, and Sam, tell everybody again where they can actually find your music if they want to hear it. Tell them again where they can find it. Sure, yeah. So both of my bands have Facebook pages. The first band, like I said, was Slow Jeremiah. Uh, that's more of uh, rock and roll, alternative rock. And the other one, Virtual Friday, is also on Facebook. And there are links on there to go to uh, actually buy music if you want it. Slow Jeremiah just released our first EP uh, this past Halloween. So we have music also on uh, the website. That's called Bandcamp. 
Okay. You can find us on there if you search, or like I said, just just go to the Facebook page, and it'll it'll direct you that way. Now, for all your fans that's listening right now, Sam, um, how can they actually find you or follow you on social media? What is the best way for them to keep up with you? Um, I have an actor Facebook page. Uh, that's that's an option, Sam Quinn. I am on Twitter. As my my name is. You can either find me as Sam Quinn or Good Tonic Sam, G-O-O-D-T-O-N-I-C, Sam. And I'm on Instagram as well, also Good Tonic Sam, or you can probably find me by searching my name. Uh, those are the big ones. Am I missing any? I think those are the main ones that I use. Okay. Now, all you I have a website, are... too, you can find, but, um, yeah, it's all linked together. Okay. Um, you want to give out the website? It's, if you go to the Facebook page, it'll direct you right there. It's all the same information, pretty much. Got you. Got you. All you fans out there, make sure you go look for this. Um, follow him, you know, Twitter. Check out his Facebook page, guys, IG, all of it. Make sure you jump on it, guys, because, like I said, Sam is a force to be reckoned with. This guy is actually doing music, television, movies. I'm telling you, he is going to be the next big thing. I'm actually putting my money on this. Sam, I'm a fan, man. I'm, I'm glad what you're actually doing. Um, you've actually started, like you said, from stage play, and look where you're at now. Um, and, Sam, do you want to tell some of the people out there that's just um, getting to know you right now or that actually knows you well, what movies and television shows have you appeared in? Can you name some of them for sure. me? Yeah. yeah, sure. I'll rattle off a little list. Um TV-wise, uh, as you said, I was in Better Call Saul. Um, there's a medical drama called The Night Shift that I was in the first season of. That's still still on. Uh, the TV show Longmire had a part in I think it was the second season of that. That one's still going as well. Um, the TV show The Messengers, which is CW. That one's no longer on, but you can stream it on mm-hmm. Hulu. Um, let's see if I'm missing anything else. There's um, movie-wise, I was in the film Transcendence, Johnny Depp and Morgan Freeman, Kate Mara was in that also, and uh, most recently Jane Got a Gun. Yeah. That uh, just came that just came out, and then this this spring you can catch me in a TV show called Grave. It's uh, on the Epics Network, and Nick Nolte's in that. It looks like it's going to be really funny and, and fun. And also this summer, uh, I have a small part in the new Independence Day movie, which, uh, you know, I think everyone is looking forward to. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Most definitely. I mean, like I said, you, you've done a lot, Sam. And, I mean, I can't, I can't stop saying that. You've really done a lot. Believe it or not, you said you only started – a few years ago, but look where you're at now, man. You're, you've actually doing things that a lot of people would love to do right now. So you actually have a truly blessed life. And I mean, that's, that's great. I'm going to make sure that I do catch all of this. I mean, even now to independence day, I'm actually, I'm psyched about that movie. So I'm ready to see what this is going to be all about. Yes. Now, what is your ultimate goal in acting and in music? Um, you know, so I mentioned, I'm going to mention Chelsea Ross again, the actor 
a veteran mm-hmm. actor who was kind of my mentor for a little while, gave me some advice. And I think he has like a great type of career. Uh, you know, he's a working character actor doing some larger parts, a lot of smaller parts, but he just consistently works. He does a lot of variety every year. He's doing a bunch of projects. He has something like 250 credits on his IMDb, <laughs> something crazy right. like that. Um, but he's working all the time, you know, and uh, I, I, I just want at least aspire to do that. I just want to be consistently working. I want to be able to make my living as solely as an actor. Um, on a slightly larger level than that, I think Gary, uh, Gary Oldman probably is, has the ideal career for me. <laughs> he does get some even larger, big, chunky parts, really meaty stuff that he can right. think of Ethan too, but it's the same idea. And music-wise, um, as long as I have music in my life, I think I'll be happy. You know, if, if something happens with it, I would be delighted to, you know, take it to another level. But right now, it's it's a really nice uh, sort of cathartic outlet that is, other than acting, for me to do. It's a creative outlet, and it's a way for me to distract my energy because sometimes acting uh, and the, the business in general, the, all the auditions and stuff can get a little stressful. So it's a really nice release. So I think as long as I have that somewhere in my life, I'd be happy. And if it goes elsewhere, the larger places, then awesome. <laughs> well, Sam, get ready to pack your bags because I believe it's going larger places. I mean, far as it goes for music and acting for you because, like I said, you you have that it factor, and I really do believe – big things are actually coming your way. So I've already, I mean, it's already shown in the movie industry, your music. I mean, hey, you, you just dropped your first EP. Everything is actually happening for you, man. So the sky's the limit. No, I'm not going to even say that. Yeah. I mean, you can go beyond the sky, man. This is, you're doing great things. I want you to continue to do what you do. So I'm very happy for you. I appreciate you. that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, um, what advice for all the people that's listening out there right now that wants to become uh, uh, actor or actress or want to get into the music industry, what advice would you give any male or female that's trying to go that route? Uh, sure. Um, I, I, have, I have a few little bits, um, take them or leave them, but I mentioned again um, the the actor Chelsea Ross. He Something that he just told me when I was a young actor in Chicago, uh, I was just out of college and I was there and I was just trying to get really trying to make my way in the scene and get my feet wet. And it can be really difficult and overwhelming because there's so many people trying to do the same thing. But he said something uh, that I love, which is, you know, you basically you just keep trying. Perseverance pays off in the end. And you, you, hit, you hit a brick wall in the same spot enough over and over and over and over again. That spot's going to break, you know, as long as you're focused. And, and you're driven, and you persevere and find other things that you like to do other than acting as well so that you're not fully consumed by that. Um, you know, have start a, start a blog or a podcast or a band or write, you know, anything else so that you're not fully absorbed. You have some other outlet, I think, is, is huge. Um and as far as technically goes, I think that 
actors, before they go into auditions, should film their auditions and make sure that they watch themselves so that they really know every... You should be able to know everything about yourself. And a lot of actors don't ever want to watch their performances. And sometimes it doesn't work. But for me, it works because I can see what's... I can kind of direct myself and see what's working, watch it back, do it again, give myself notes, do it again until I like what I see, and then do that in the audition room so you know exactly what you're giving them and so that you can take direction when they tell you to do something else if they do that. So that's pretty technical, but those, nice. are, those are probably the big ones. Man, Sam, I want to say thank you again um, for that information. Everyone that's listening right now, I mean, Sam just gave great information. I want you to take it, run with it. I mean, like you said, don't consume yourself 100% into the movie, do something also on the side that won't drain your mind all the time just dealing with acting. Sam, it, it was a pleasure for you coming on the show. Um, you helped me close out season two of my show. Season three is actually starting in March. Um, we did close it with a bang. Sam, I would love for you to be a guest on my show again in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. I had a blast. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Guys, you heard it here first on the Bit Scoop with Coop. Until next time, everybody, Sam, once again, thank you, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much, Coop. All right.